Thank you, Lord Jesus. You are wonderful. Hallelujah. Please take your seats. If I've not had the opportunity to say so so far, feels like it was a long time ago, but Happy New Year. It seems, seems so far and long, distant past, but it's going to be a great year. I'm ready for an exciting year. And this is not so much about a New Year's message. We know that the Word of God is eternal. It stands for all time. But I'm grateful to God that He has given us times, seasons, hours, minutes, so we can understand all things. And therefore, there's no coincidence that such a word and such prophetic word would come at the start of a year, as still in our natural thinking, we're looking with fresh eyes on the year ahead, an adventure, and what God has for us. And we've already heard this morning, it's a time of great change. Let me just summarize it this way. It's out with the old thinking, and it's in with the new thinking. And God has some wonderful thinking to give us this morning. That's going to become reality. It's going to become flesh and blood and bone to us. It's going to become part of us. Amen? Over a year, over the course of a year, you can hear a great many things, not just from a a platform such as this at All Nations Church, but through the TV you watch, through politicians, through the music you listen to. You can hear so many things, but... With that comes a lot of pressure. You can put yourself under a lot of pressure to make a lot of changes to your life. Change this habit. Do this. Do that. Try harder in this area. I want you to know this morning that the message I have for you is very simple because God has entrusted us with a very simple gospel. The truth is this. If you this year have already set in motion goals to change this and to change this, if it's all focused on the exterior on trying to change what is on the outside, you will never truly have the success you desire until you realize the potential of what is already on the inside by that which Christ has already done, accomplished, and purchased for you. Amen? By His death and resurrection and ascension into the heavens, Jesus has made the way for life to be fantastic every day of the year, no matter what you face. Why? Because as we'll see today, Christ lives in you. Amen? That's the key to this Christian life, is more and more to becoming, we're becoming more and more like him. That's, in essence, what it is to be a disciple. We become like the one who is discipling us. We are followers of Jesus Christ. Therefore, our goal is to change from one degree of glory and glory and glory to another. Every message you will hear from this platform here is not with any sort of voice or condemnation. This year, you won't have any messages of change, change, change for the sake of change. But every word you will hear is inspired by God and is for this benefit and purpose to transform you to become more like Him. Every time you come, every time you gather, come with an expectation. I'm going to receive from the throne of heaven this morning to become more like Jesus. That's why we gather. That's why I'm here anyway. That's why I'm here. If it's just resolutions, if it's just I'm going to try and avoid sin, I'm just going to try really hard not to do bad things, then I want to help you change your whole mindset today. We're not on the defensive as Christians. We're not on the retreat. Just leave me alone, world. I'm just trying to do the best I can. That's not what we're about. The kingdom of God, the Bible says, is advancing and forceful men, they lay hold of it. We are those who rush in to the front line of the battle. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to discover the reality that Christ dwells within us. Here's a question. It's just a rhetorical question, so don't need to put your hand up. That could be embarrassing for you. But... uh, Here it is. Who do you want to manifest more in your life? Is it more of Christ or is it more of you? Just have a little think about that. What is your goal? Maybe you've not thought about that. What what, what would you like to see in your life this year? 
Is it more of Jesus or is it more of you? It's important you answer that question, whatever your answer is. And that's why I say don't shout it out. I would say this, though. If you don't think that's an important question to answer, then you're going to find this year a challenge in All Nations Church. Because everything you're going to hear is going to push you towards the truth that Christ lives within you. And we're called to be as he is in the world. Amen? I'd like to read some scriptures about Jesus. Is that okay? Okay, does everyone have a Bible? Just hold it up so we can see it. Electronic, phone. Oh, we've got some phones. Paper. Whoa, look at that. Turn to the book of Colossians, if you will. And chapter 1. Starting in verse 11, I'd like uh, to read to the end of the chapter. I'm going to read this morning uh, this passage from the English Standard Version. Follow along if you're a visitor here today and you don't have a Bible with you. Just look down your row. Someone else will have a Bible. Just give them a nudge. Can I see that? I want to make sure that what this guy is saying is the Word of God. Make sure you see it. Colossians 1 and verse 11. May you be strengthened with all power. According to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Amen? I'm going to read that verse again because this is a, quite an exciting scripture. He has delivered us. From the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Now from verse 15, the very next word you're going to see is he and then you're going to read a lot of he's and you're going to read a lot of him's. We're talking about Jesus Christ now so if you'll uh, allow me, I'm going to swap out the he and the him and I'm going to put in the name of Jesus. Just so we can identify exactly who it is we're talking about. Verse 15, Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by Jesus all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through Jesus and for Jesus. And Jesus is before all things, and in Jesus all things hold together. Jesus is the head of the body, the church. Jesus is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything Jesus might be preeminent. For in Jesus, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through Jesus to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of Jesus' cross. And you, anyone of you here today? Okay, know who you're talking to. And you, who once were alienated and hostile in mind doing evil deeds, Jesus has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him, if indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister." Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of Jesus' body, that is, the church, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you, to make the word of God fully known. The mystery, hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. 
To them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Verse 28, Jesus we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy that Jesus powerfully works within me. Amen. I love to read the Word of God. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. I like to do that. I like to read the the name of Jesus just so it keeps in the forefront of my mind exactly who I'm talking about. In just a few words, the Apostle Paul, he's painted the most staggering view of our Lord Jesus Christ. It leaves me sometimes just open mouthed. And when I put his name in there, I suddenly think, wow. I mean, I knew you were important, Jesus, but I mean, everything... Everything, and you read this passage, and certain other words begin to stand out to me. By him, through him, for him, in him. And you suddenly realize, wow, it's all about Jesus Christ. Everything was created by him. It was created through him and for him. And in Jesus Christ, everything, everything holds together. In Jesus Christ, it's all about Jesus. And then there's this breathtaking twist. It's like in a great movie where you're completely engrossed and you think you know what's going on and suddenly there's a moment of clarity. The great reveal, the twist in the plot that you didn't see coming. But suddenly as soon as you hear it, everything else makes sense. Christ in you. The hope of glory. You're reading this wonderful description. You think, oh, it's amazing. Yes, Jesus, you are so wonderful. And we, we praise you, we magnify you and adore you. And then the twist comes and he's in you. Oh, oh, hang on, that's a game changer right there. That, cha- that really does just change everything. Jesus Christ, the same one who created everything, who sustains everything, who holds everything together, Christ in you, the hope of glory. By him, therefore, you can live victoriously. Through him, you can live your life every day. And you can live your life for him. And you can live your life in him. Why? Because Jesus Christ lives in you. Jesus Christ walked on this earth. He came as a man and lived the perfect life. He lived the perfect life. The the, the word is true. He lived a perfect life, not because he was impervious to sin, impervious to temptation, but because he overcame. He was tempted, the Bible says, in every way in which we were, and yet he overcame. That gives me great hope and great encouragement that if he can do it, then I can do it as well. His, his mindset wasn't this, of, of, of trying to avoid hard work, trying to avoid sin. Just keep himself to himself in the hope that, you know, he would be able to kind of prove himself worthy unto God. No, he didn't do that. He lived his life and he had success, great success in his life by letting the power of God work through him. That's how he did it. That was his secret, except then you think, actually, it wasn't a secret at all. Because Jesus made no secret about the way that he lived. If you ever re- uh, read in John chapter 5, he says, I can only do what I see my father doing. Yeah. He says in that same chapter, I-, I don't do anything by myself in my own authority. It all comes from God. He is constantly giving credit to the father. Yet he as a man is having great success on the earth. Philippians tells us this, he didn't grasp equality with God. No, he lived as a man, flesh and blood, open to temptation, but he overcame in every way. And you have to conclude when you look at the the life of Jesus Christ, 
that he refused to allow there to be any other explanation for the success of his life, the quality of his life, other than the fact that God dwelt in him as he walked on this earth as a man. One of the things that God accomplished in sending Jesus was to restore to us the quality uh, and the knowing of what it is to have the presence of the creator living inside the creation. Jesus walked that out as a wonderful example. And now we read here this amazing description of Jesus Christ. And here's the punch. Jesus Christ in you. The hope of glory. The creator living within you. Wow, wow, wow. That's how we must live, by his presence within us. His presence working through us. So, well, how is Jesus Christ within me? He's in you by his Holy Spirit. You remember the day of Pentecost, uh, the outpouring of uh, the Holy Spirit and tongues, and a a wonderful man of God, the Apostle Peter, stands up and uh, with great boldness says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, and you will receive, you will receive, you will receive the Holy Spirit. That God had done something so amazing that he poured out himself, he sent his Holy Spirit completely freely. You couldn't buy it, you couldn't attain it, he just sent it to be received, to live within you. And he didn't send half measures. He didn't say, I've got one Holy Spirit and a lot of world to fill. So you get a bit and you get a bit and you get a bit. No, he sent his Holy Spirit in his fullness so that the fullness of Christ could dwell within you. Christ is in you by his Holy Spirit. If you think you have a half measure, if you ever think, you know, I I just think I need more of Christ. Again, it's a change in your thinking. It's out with the old thinking and it's in with the new. You have received the fullness of the Holy Spirit. You've received him. He dwells in you fully. So where is Jesus right now? If he sent his Holy Spirit, well, we know. The Bible tells us that after he appeared uh, to his disciples, after his resurrection, that his glorified body ascended. And he now sits, Mark 16, Hebrews 10 tells us this, he's seated at the right hand of the Father. That's where he is. And he sent his Holy Spirit to take up residence in the body of the believer. He's in you. You say, well, that's, that's really hard to understand. And I thought you said things were simple. Well, some things are only understood by faith. But don't worry, because you're in great company. The disciples didn't get it either. Okay, if you ever get a chance, have a look in John 16, verse 7. Jesus, who is uh, just in the, the full throw of his, his ministry, he knows his time is coming to the end, and he's beginning to tell wonderful things about what's going to happen uh, in the days ahead. And he begins to talk about how he's going to send his Holy Spirit, and he makes such a statement. And imagine this, you've been around Jesus for uh, the best part of all of his ministry. You've seen Jesus do amazing things. You think, you'd be thinking to yourself, there is no other person I ever want to be with. I want to be with this guy all the time. This guy's doing an amazing thing. The crowds, the miracles, the signs, the wonders, it's fantastic. And then Jesus gathers you all together and he says, you know, it's better for you that I go. Hey. Eh? No, no, no. <laughs> no. It's better for you that I go. Surely, Jesus, we've got this the wrong way around. No, Jesus said, no, it's better for you that I go and be with the Father. Because if I don't, unless I go, the Holy Spirit cannot come. But he'll be with you and in each one of you. Imagine the disciples sort of distress at that sort of a statement. You're going? But we've only just started. Look at the success rate. Look at the ministry. Look at the lines and the healing. Look, it's, it, surely this is the future. No, it's better for you that I go. 
Because unless I do, the Holy Spirit won't come. Think of it another way. This is how I like to think of it. Whatever your favorite sport, whatever your favorite movie, whatever your favorite actor, whoever it is, whoever your star player is, imagine this. I'm a a football fan, so imagine uh, I'm an Aston Villa fan, so there aren't many star players that I can really choose. So sometimes it's fictional in my head. Um, (laughs) But imagine this, your star player can only be on the field of play in one position at any given time. But imagine this at halftime, he rallies around and says, guys, I've had an idea. It's better for you that I go away. But I'm going to leave my entire ability, all my skill, talent, and flair, and I'm going to put it fully in each one of you. Now your team, oh, please, Lord, for Aston Villa. Now your team. It's <laughs> finding this quite emotional. <laughs> Now your team takes to the field for the second half and in every position, at every time, for every kick of the ball, for every moment, the star player in his fullness is there. In every position, all ability, all flair, all tactical genius, all skill, all mental discipline, everything, he's everywhere at every single time. You would be unbeatable unstoppable and that's exactly what Jesus Christ did God said to his son his star player I've got this great idea you're going to go down there for a time and you're going to do amazing things you're going to make a way to know so they know that there's a way back to the father that's wonderful but then we're going to go one better than that I'm going to take everything of you and I'm going to put it in every one of them That I have my star player not just restricted to one place at one time, in one geographical location, in one time-space moment. No, son, I'm going to take everything of you and by your Holy Spirit, I'm going to put it into every believer. That from this time forth, my star player will be in every corner of the world. At the fullness of me, every miracle, every manifestation, every power, every characteristic, the flawless nature of Jesus Christ all over the world. That's what he has said he will do. And here's the rub. It's Christ in you. The hope of glory. The star player of heaven lives within you. It's time to unleash heaven's star player. That's what Jesus has done for us. You know, That's why we don't need to strive for things. That's why we don't need to try and work out new ways to please God. Trying to do things. I find this for my life. You may be the same. But sometimes I find that the greatest obstacle to Jesus working through me is me. And I'm learning all the time. And I'm learning all the time. Just to get out of the way. I'm not uninvolved in the process. This is me. (laughs) Jesus Christ wants to live through me. And I just need to get out of the way and find out what he wants to do. You see, that's a great leveler among believers. It puts us all in first place. Notice I didn't say it puts us all on a level. It puts us all in first place. Because he's given to each and every one of us the exact same measure of his Holy Spirit. 
No one had a lesser portion. No one was dealt an unfair hand. We all received the Holy Spirit. Say, well, Dave, I'm, I'm not good at this. I'm, I'm not good at uh, preaching. or I'm not good at evangelism. I, I, I'm useless at this. I'm, you know what? As a Christian, here are two things you need to be successful for Jesus Christ. The only ability you need is this, availability. And the only skill you need is to know how to breathe. You don't even have to be able to talk. Lay your hands on the sick. They'll recover. Make yourself available and keep breathing. Jesus Christ can use you. Okay? Who will go for us? Who can we send? Here I am, Lord. Send me. You notice this, this thread through the Bible of, of God is just on the lookout for someone who he can use. And he's looking for those. Say, oh, God, just here I am. Take me. Use me. I will get out of your way. He'll use you. If you make yourself available to him. Can you do this for a moment? Just let that sink in. And allow all the pressure that you may feel as a a Christian. As a Christian. Any pressure you feel to perform for Jesus in any way. Just let that go. Let it go. It's not going to do you any good. We've already heard the prophetic word this morning. It's out with the old thinking. And in with the new you don't need to perform for Jesus Christ. You don't have to gain his affection, earn his attention. He, he loves you. He loves you incredibly. The Holy Spirit is here this morning to take all that pressure off from you. Amen? As Dave, I realize this. Dave can do nothing for Jesus Christ. I can try, I can think what would be a good thing to do, but I can't. But here's the great thing, and Philippians 4 tells me this, but I can do all things through Jesus Christ who gives me strength. In my own power, in my own ideas, nothing, I'm limited. But if I can just step back, get out of the way, God, what would you like to do through me? I can do all things because he gives me the strength to do it. And thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph in his name. So I need to tell you how to do it then. Everything we just talked about, I need to tell you how it is you get out of the way. Let's turn to another scripture. In Acts chapter 3. Acts 3 verses 1 to 10. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer, three in the afternoon. Now a man crippled from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have. But what I have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. And instantly, the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. This is another wonderful passage of scripture. It's a passage that everything. And I, I like movies. I, I really enjoy movies. And for me, this really plays out like a great scene in a great movie. 
If you like films, maybe uh, you'll, you'll be a bit like this. You've got the set piece of the beautiful gate in all its wonder and glory. You've got the hustle and bustle, the commotion. So many people around. It's the prayer meeting. Christians are late. There's people on the move trying to get in there still. You've got the lame beggar being carried and dumped and mistreated and looking up. You've maybe got the, the close-in zoom of his face as he looks up. Okay, this is all going on. You've got the gaze and this expectation that he's going to receive something. And then there's the line, because there's always a great line and a great scene. And I don't know how to, to, to do this one. In my, in my mind, it could go any way. It could be the very silver and gold I do not have. <laughs> but what I do have, I give to you. It could, you know, I, I don't know. But I like to think, you know, just, he was quite excited. This is Peter. And I don't think he was like that. It's like, silver, I haven't got any silver and gold. But everything that I have, what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, walk. I just think, wow. Wow, that's fantastic. Silver and gold I don't have, but what I do have. Dave, what have you got? Um, I've got some money. I could give you the money. Would Jesus have done that? He would would have surely done that. Well, you can feed him for a day. Okay, okay, well, um, I I can help him up. Yep, I, I can maybe help him take him somewhere. Oh, that's fine, but what, what's he going to do after you've got to go somewhere else? Good point. Um, okay, well, I can give him words of encouragement. I can do something. I can give him some sort of boost to his morale. Uh, okay, I don't see how that changes his situation. Dave, what have you got? I haven't got anything. But what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ. Get up and walk. What had happened to Peter? What had happened to Peter? I I love Peter. Peter's the guy, says the wrong thing at the wrong time, chops off ears and other bits and pieces, you know, uh, denies Christ, gets it wrong, puts his foot in the mouth, joins it with the other foot sometimes, uh, but he sticks with Jesus. He stays by Jesus. He's the one who walks on water. He's the one who gets out the boat. He's the one who says, you're the Christ. He's the one. He seems to be such a mixture of kind of like, Peter, what on earth is going on in your life? And whoa, Pete, where did you get that from? He's this wonderful guy. And in Acts 1, we see him with all the other disciples, cloud gazing as the Son of God is lifted back into heaven. And it's such an amazing sight that angels appear and said, hello, what are you looking at? And Peter's there. The next thing we know is Acts 2. They're all gathered together in one place. They stayed in Jerusalem as they were promised, but they're scared for their lives. But then the Holy Spirit is poured out and this amazing manifestation of speaking in tongues and they fill out of the room and it's all going on and the people demand an explanation and it's Peter who stands up. Full of the boldness and joy and confidence of the Holy Spirit. And not only does he begin to quote minor prophets who uh, many of us didn't even know existed... He he begins to say, this is what's going on. This is what was prophesied and this is what was happening. And now here's the one of the greatest gospel messages you'll ever hear. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, and you'll be filled with the Holy Spirit. It was as if for Peter something had changed, that by the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, from that moment in Acts 2, when we get into Acts 3, that the outpouring of the Holy Spirit was immediately equated with the authority to move in the power and name of Jesus Christ. Because nothing else can explain it away. That's the only thing that's happened. He has been filled with the Holy Spirit. 
And now he realizes, as Peter, beggar, I have nothing to give you. Silver and gold I do not have. But by the fullness of Jesus Christ, by his Holy Spirit, by the Christ in me, everything I have I give to you. Get up and walk in the name of Jesus Christ. Christ is in you, the hope of glory. Dave, what have you got? Ideas, theories, pennies. It's not going to cut it, folks, in 2014. You know, just like that beggar, the world is looking up to us with an expectant gaze. It's looking up to us because we're the head, by the way, and not the tail. We're not cowing down to anyone, rolling over, tickle my tummy, I'll be fine, world. Government, do what you like, that's not us. We're the head and not the tail, and the world is looking up to us with an expectation to receive something. And pennies and methods, they won't cut it anymore. But what we do have, world, in the name of Jesus Christ, this is what God wants you to do. And it's important as well. Just like the, the beggar going through the motions, arms to the poor, arms to the poor, people filing by, people filing by. The world's asking, we need help. We're morally bankrupt. We're corrupt. Poverty, famine, disease, disaster, People filing by, nations filing by, governments filing by. That the church would say this: Look at us. Look at us. Silver and gold, we don't have it, but what we do have, we give to you, in the name of Jesus Christ. As myself, I have nothing, but what I do have, by the Holy Spirit in me, by the authority of Jesus within me, there's one who can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. As Christ in me, the hope of glory, get up and walk. Amen. I don't know if you remember, quite a few years ago, there were um, little bracelets you could wear, uh, WWJD. I had a red one, had white lettering on it. Yeah. I was into red at that time, more of a purple guy these days. And um, it was WWJD. Everyone heard of WWJD? What would Jesus do? And uh, at the the time, I thought, that's a great idea. What a brilliant idea. What a fantastic idea. At all times, I'm in a difficult situation. Uh, I'm in a gospel opportunity. I'm a chance to help the poor. And I think, oh, no, I'll just walk on by. (gasps) (laughs) What would Jesus do? Yes, you're right. Sorry. Well, and that, that was the idea. Any given time, you would think, be caused to think, what would Jesus do? And I thought it was a great idea. And it was a very well-meaning idea. But I've come to believe this. It was a well-meaning idea, but it, it missed the point. By just a subtle mistake, it actually became the difference between life and death. You see, what would Jesus do sends us looking backwards. It's very nostalgic. It takes us back to Acts 1 and cloud gazing. If only he were here still, what would he have done? But the reality is this, Christ is here. He's in you, he's in you, and he's in you, and he's in you, and he's in you. He's in every single believer who's received the Holy Spirit. So it's not a case of, what would Jesus do in the situation? It's this, what is Jesus doing? It's what is Jesus doing? I wish he was still here for, hark, he would know what to do. He is here! And he's given you the mind of Christ. What is Jesus doing? He's not limited in any way. He's not limited to one person. Remember the, he, the, his star player. God's star player in every single one of us. In every position. Wherever we go, wherever we find ourselves, by his spirit, he's in us. 
his fullness in us, Christ in you. So what is Jesus doing? What does that look like? Well, it looks like Peter with the beggar at the beautiful gate. That's what Jesus was doing. He's not here right now. But this is what Jesus is doing. Get up and walk. That's what he's doing. It means this. Every thought you have, get out of Jesus' way and let Jesus think. Every, every time you go to speak, you want to say something out loud, get out of Jesus' way. Let Jesus talk through you. Every thought, every action, get out of Jesus' way. Let him act through you. What is Jesus doing right now? Because Christ is in you. The hope of glory. Isn't that the mystery? It's all through you. The Holy Spirit manifesting the life and reality of Jesus Christ through every believer. It's for you. This is going to change your lives, All Nations Church. When you begin to realize that it's not something you've got to attain and something you've got to strive for. It's not something you've got to look back to think, how would Jesus have coped in this same situation? It's knowing of the fullness of who actually dwells inside you right here and right now. Christ is in you. As he is in the world, so are we. Paul says this in Galatians 2.20, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. That's the reality of who we are. The world expects, what is Jesus doing? Well, he wants to live through you. And he's living and active in this world. The key to this year, we talk about discipleship, we talk about life groups, we talk about prayer meetings, we talk about evangelism and outreach. The key to this year, let me say this very clearly and very simply, is Christ in you. Everything will flow from that reality. Everything will flow from that part. Every aspect of discipleship will simply reveal more and more and more of the Christ. Yes, who's in heaven, seated at the right hand of the Father, but by his Spirit is dwelling within you in his fullness right now. Every situation, we are as Jesus in this world. You know, when you meet friends and family, colleagues and neighbors, they actually meet Jesus. They meet him. In fact, you are, and I'll put it this way and hear me very carefully, you are the only Jesus that people know. They don't know the Jesus we know, but they know you. And he's in you in his fullness. He's in you in his fullness. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. When they meet you, they meet Jesus. So don't think, what would Jesus do? Know this, he's in you. The hope of glory in you. The one who by him everything was created. Through him and for him. And in him everything holds together. The universe and everything. And he's in you in totality. By his Holy Spirit. Silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have. Church, you have something amazing. Friends, you have the Christ in you. The hope of glory. Let's pray. Heavenly Father. I want to say thank you, Lord Jesus, for your prophetic word, which came this morning to throw our old thinking, to be replaced with new thinking. Because there's a wonderful freedom that you want your children to have. Lord Jesus, we've heard this morning that that freedom is this, Christ in you, the hope of glory. I pray, Lord Jesus, that at the very start of this year, for everything and all the great plans that you have for us, all the great outreach opportunities that we have, every opportunity we have, Lord God, Lord Jesus, that right at the center of everything we do, it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. 
That, Lord Jesus, through our lives, through my lives, through the lives of leaders, through the lives of the children, through the lives of every member, Lord God, of this house, Lord Jesus, Jesus would be manifested by his Holy Spirit through the life of every believer. No one would discount themselves, Lord God. No one would believe the lie of a lesser measure. Lord God, let them know the reality of who lives within them, even now, Lord God, even today. Lord Jesus, we say thank you for the opportunity to work with you in this amazing adventure on this earth at this time in this year. There's never been a more exciting time. And Lord God, you've not left us here, Father, to fend for ourselves, to roll over just to kind of play our part with a defensive attitude. Heavenly Father, we are not those. Lord Jesus, we are those on the attack. We are those, Lord God, on the front line. We are those, Lord Jesus, being Christ in every situation, in every area, Father. And I pray right now, Lord God, that your Holy Spirit would work in the minds and hearts of everyone present and everyone listening to my voice, that, Lord Jesus, they would do away and throw off the lies of the enemies that have held them back and help them realize today is a wonderful day because they are involved in the greatest adventure. Christ in you. What is Jesus doing? He can do it through me. Commit this time to you right now, Lord Jesus. We say thank you for just involving us. We say we love you and we say thank you. And we worship you. Amen. Amen.